0: Everybody, welcome back. It is episode 31 of the Still City Insider Podcast. It's the Donnie Shell episode, or the Mike Logan episode. Mike I, I, Logan, let's okay. go with Mike. <laughs> let go with Mike. But we are very excited to have all of you with us here today. Super appreciative that you watch the Still City Insider Podcast. You subscribe on YouTube. Um, Jim and I are excited to talk to you about mandatory minicamp. Jim is the insider. He's going to share all the details from the practices. And Jim, how are you doing today?
1: Great, Jeremy. Great. Uh, this is fun. Uh, it's not 5 a.m., so I'm I'm really awake. <laughs> uh, a couple things I want to touch on. One, we're having a big sale. An annual uh, 60% off for annual subscriptions to Steel City Insider. I think it's a great time because the locker rooms were open. They opened them up twice per day. Wow. In OTAs, it's none per day, even when before COVID. So I got a full tape recorder of juicy information that I'm going to bleed out through the next five weeks. And then uh, training camp will be great because everything's back open. And guys who've been working there 28 years that know people that no one else knows even exist, uh, it's a boon for me and uh, uh, the few others like me. And uh, so, I think it's a great value at 60% off, and uh, the reason we can give so much off, and I'm not supposed to tell you this, is because they re up you automatically at the end of the year at, at the regular price. So deal with that information however you want, but 60% off is a great deal. Coming up on a, a, a year where we've got a full staff of writers, we've added this podcast that we keep perfecting. So I'm excited about all that. And the second thing I want to say is you you told me before we got on that you've been reading a lot of stuff and that you're ready to ask me all the questions. But I tell you, I can only, I don't want to say feel sorry, but I can understand the frustration of people who are reading all this stuff from guys. That, you know, some are ag- re-aggravators or what do they call it? Aggregation?
0: Aggregators.
1: That rewrite other people's stuff and They assume that the reporter they're rewriting knows what he's talking about. Uh, There's a lot of misinformation out there and not intentional. It's not like disinformation, but I I hope we can clear some of that that stuff up today with any of your questions or any of the things that took you by surprise that might not be true. You know, you've read stuff and you want to ask me about it. So I'm here for you, Jeremy.
0: Hey, Jim, I appreciate it. Uh, You know, maybe a good place to start is the hell do those guys have on top of their helmets?
1: Oh, man. Well, you know, in, in like five, ten years, as they're playing in these space-age rubber helmets that nobody gets injured in, they'll look back at our era as barbaric with the plastic helmets being used as weapons. So I think that's the beginning of true safety in football. I don't know how that will sell because they all look like kazoo out there. Do you remember (laughs) kazoo? Yes.
0: Yeah. I was trying to think of that. Uh, Jetsons, right?
1: Oh, is it Jetsons? I was thinking Flintstones. There was somebody on the Flintstones, Shazam or something. But you're right. I think it's the Jetsons. (laughs) But uh, the only person really complaining about it that I heard was long snapper. Christian uh, Kurtz. Oh, I, I'd hate to mess his name up after I just had all these compliments for him, but he was saying that you know when he bends his head over to look through his legs, that dang thing's heavy and it's like going straight to the ground, wow. <laughs> and it's too big for his arms. It rubs his arms so, and he said nobody cares what the long snapper thinks anyway. So yeah, there, there's, there's that you know, uh, but it does look. It reminded me of when my daughter was younger, they had the option in soccer to wear those concussion bands. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even girls want to look cool on the field. And so, heck with safety, that looks uncool. I'm not wearing that, Dad. And so, I think you're going to get some of that with these helmets. That is too uncool of a look. Forget safety. These guys want to look cool, man.
0: Nobody cares about safety.
1: We actually should. We should. It's a brutal game. but yeah.
0: Yep. Well, Jim, let's uh let's jump in and in all seriousness, a lot of great stories that have come out of mandatory minicamp. It just wrapped up this Thursday. Now we're in that long stretch where we're gonna agonize and wait for training camp to start on July 26th. But you were there, you had the access, you're the insider. Why don't you walk us through some of the, the biggest stories or things that you noticed and what we can expect whenever we do get to training camp in July?
1: I, I think we can start with quarterback. Don't you want to start there? Sure. I mean, I, and I think the coaches have the depth chart exactly right. I, I thought Chubisky looked the best. I thought Mason looked next best. Pickett's still finding his way, throws an ice ball. Um, you know, the interception by camp, Um Uh, Kenny got the number one team on the last day because he didn't get a a two-minute drill before. And we look at that two-minute drill at the end of uh, practice as a really measuring stick. And it's something that we can go into the locker room and talk about and write about as if it were a game. So that's why there's such a heavy emphasis on the two-minute drill. And Kenny and uh, Chris Oladokun didn't get a, a drill, a segment the other day. So they got theirs today and Kenny ran the first team and he uh, matriculated the ball down the field and got picked off. It was, it was, it was a bad pass. It looked bad because it went right into Cam Sutton's chest. Sutton was the buzz guy beneath George Pickens. And so um, it, it was a rookie pass. He didn't read what an NFL defensive back tricked him into believing and uh, it was a pro play. And uh, as the other cornerback told me, great play by Cam Great learning experience for Pickett. Mm-hmm. So those are the rookie mistakes that he's still making, and and it keeps him number three. And he should learn and 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 prove himself to the team before there's true confidence in him to be a one or a two.
0: And Jim, I know it's early. You uh, just went through what two weeks of OTAs and and the mini camp, but from those initial OTA practices until the end here of mandatory mini camp, did you see any? incremental growth from Pickett and his reads or just his performance out there on the field or is it too early to tell
1: i I would have to talk to somebody who watches practice tape and knows what the assignments are and knows what he did wrong but Mm -hmm. i've talked i talked to pick people watching Mm -hmm. practice and they said that he's processing a little slower than normal but still um it's a more difficult game and to say otherwise would be foolish. And even the pit people, it's not nothing bad, but they know that it's taken him that little extra tick of processing. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he scrambles outside and can throw right or left and has a strong arm and it's all exciting. So don't, don't, don't worry too much about the fact that he, I assume will remain number three, unless he has great growth in training camp.
0: Right. And how about Oladokun? You mentioned him. Were you able to see him get any reps or any thoughts on his performance?
1: Well, you know, it looked like he had led his uh, second group to a TD in his drill uh, in the final day. But Tomlin overruled it with some very salty language. He shouted it. Uh, I don't know if they were saying the knee was down or uh, Tomlin did not want him scrambling into the end zone. That might be an easy way out. He wants his quarterbacks processing and reading and throwing. And Oladokun took off and ran up the middle. It looked like he was in. Other people said his knee was down. So you had that. And so they redid the play, and there was a penalty or two. And and Tomlin said, "Just get off my field." <laughs> <laughs> the penalty on the scramble play too. And, and he, you know he brought he brought officials in for minicamp, and I don't recall that in the past. So, you know, they're, they're, they're getting their discipline early.
0: Great. The biggest story for me, um, and I was reflecting on this the other day, but it's not the quarterback position that I feel the, the most attention went to. I feel like it was Najee Harris. All we heard about was how big Najee is. He's quadzilla that he looks extra shifty in the drills. He looks smooth. He looks fluid. He's poised for a big year. What did you see from Harris in these practices, and what are your thoughts about him for 2022?
1: I, I you know, uh, I think it was Matt Canada that said I didn't notice the quads, and uh, I was just wondering if he just got smaller, tighter shorts. <laughs> I, I couldn't remember the quads from last year, but I, 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 I you know, it's, uh, well, it was noticeable. It was like, wow, that dude is really working on the squat rack. Mm-hmm. And you wonder just in a couple months, he's done that. So it makes me wonder if he got new shorts. I tried to talk to him about it. He, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't like me.
0: <laughs> Jeez. I can't, I can't imagine that Jim. I mean, you're.
1: <laughs> super you know, they're not all going to like you. Some of them <laughs> like you more than others and you're like grateful for that. So I seem to be getting along with Trubisky. I've always got along with Mason. So I think I got the the really important position covered.
0: There you go. How about any of the backups there? I know that uh, seems a bit unsettled with Benny Snell football as your number two. Anthony McFarlane hasn't proven anything in two years. And then you've got the two undrafted guys, Jalen Warren and Mateo Durant. Again, I know you can't glean much from... Practice in shorts. Um, is this a position you could see them doing some work? Did you see anything in, in minicamp that gives you some hope?
1: I keep trying to say get used to Benny Snell being a backup. He's in the last year of a rookie deal. He's cheap. They've used him without his experience. Now that he's experienced, why would they stop using him? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, he knows what to do, he knows who to pick up in the blitz. They don't use a, a, a number two all that often. Uh, but they do have a lot more money now with the retirement to it. Yeah. And they had some money before that. I, I think somebody said 21 million. I haven't done the numbers. So that's a lot available. Uh, you know, they're going to want to keep a chunk, um, you know, with inflation, maybe they need to keep 20 million of it <laughs> for emergency situations. You know, I bought an ice cream cone for seven bucks last night and a, and a gyro for like, it was, I think it was 112. at the arts <laughs> festival. <laughs> So I, I can't speak to uh, how much $21 million really means these days. <coughs> Excuse me. But, you know, they it's possible they could go buy a running back, but I don't know if there's much available out there. Maybe look at a cut because some teams have an overabundance of running backs. We know that every team except the Steelers has five, six, seven running backs that can play in the NFL. Yeah. Now, these, these two uh, new, newbies are interested. They're undrafted both incredible numbers coming out of college and uh, one, the the kid from Oklahoma State uh, I noticed he was born in Clinton, North Carolina I said Clinton, North Carolina, you know what that means in Pittsburgh do you know Jeremy? I don't yeah, I said, he goes no, what do you mean? I go, there's a famous player from Clinton, North Carolina he goes, I I," I said Willie Parker, you ever hear of him? He goes, he's my cousin
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Jeez.
1: He wow. called me. He said he called me right after I signed as an undrafted guy. And he talked, he talked for about an hour on what to do, what to expect, why you should love this, this team and organization, what it's like to be an undrafted. So, uh, you know, young, um, it's Warren. Um, yeah, uh, Jalen Warren. Jalen, DJ. Jalen's his middle name. his uh, First name is uh, uh, Demonte or something like that. But it's DJ. <laughs> sorry and so um he he just forgot the obvious and he moved out of Clinton North Carolina when he was two years old but anyway that's the kind of bloodlines you have there I don't know that the Steelers even know it yet but you know somebody should tell Mike Tomlin because you know how much he loves bloodlines yeah Galen should go and tell Mike Tomlin
0: (laughs) (laughs) the pedigree the pedigree is there
1: but the other guy from Duke uh, Durant I believe his name is uh He's take. interesting. It, it, he seemed to get more reps. It seemed like the coaches took taking a longer look at him. And mm-hmm. sometimes that's, that's more important than anything else in minicamp is what you see the coaches wanting, right? How they're using these guys. Yeah. So, Jim,
0: I, I'm going to pivot right there. Uh, and then I, I do want to hit on Stefan too, but I know the last time we <clears throat> met, we were talking about that Carlin's Platel, the undrafted rookie mm-hmm. for agent corner who was getting mm-hmm. some reps in the slot. Did you
1: see more of that in mini camp? Oh yeah. They, they used him a lot in a slot and what's it, it it doesn't mean that they came away liking him and I have no idea how well he did. Uh, it's difficult to keep your eye on, you know, do I waste this rep watching Carlin's Patel or Kenny Pickett and George Pickens? You know, (laughs) I, I, Trust that I'm unsure, but the playing time he got, I thought was indicative of interest level. And what's interesting about him, he was a division two kid. And uh, he um, ended up at South Carolina and they put him in the nickel spot. So he is a trained nickel. He was a college nickel for his last season in that slot. And he's, he's big. So, you know, there's some, I I talked to him about Mike Hilton. He said, "Yeah, I've heard of Mike Hilton." I said, "Well, that's a little corner/slash safety/slash linebacker kind of position." Mm-hmm. And he gets all that, and he's he's physical enough, so you know maybe he found a niche at South Carolina where his time and his production and his only one year at South Carolina would limit him his draft stock and interest mm-hmm. level, and maybe the Steelers looked at him and said, "You know, this is a guy to can fill a niche." Yes. So they brought him in, and they put him at nick. He was the backup. He was on the number two team. I mean, there are other nickels. You know, Arthur Millett got a lot of time, but it seemed like in crunch time, in the two-minute drill, it was Cam Sutton because they would bring Levi Wallace in. Mm-hmm. Cam Sutton is going to be the true nickel, and you still have Arthur Millett. Mm-hmm. I think there are a couple other guys, but number 30, um, Carlin's Patel got a lot of time.
0: Yeah, that's, int- that's interesting, and I'll be curious to see that play out in training camp. You mentioned Stephon it before we finally have resolution to the situation. We know that he's retiring, um, which puts a lot of concern on that defensive line if Isaiah Loudermilk and DeMarvin Leal are going to be able to step up. And I'm going to try to pronounce this correctly. Tyson Alu-Alu is back healthy. Um, I know you can't really see anything from the defensive line in football and shorts, but What's your take now that it has retired and we know that it's kind of going to be what it was last year, just with the addition of Alu Alu and the rookie.
1: I talked to somebody way up in the chain and we we're just chatting. And so, uh, he had, he was not trying to, uh, put anything into the public prints. He was not, it was unthinking. It was friend talk. He thought, uh, that everybody thought to it was coming back because to it was calling a lot of people and was enthusiastic and was up now my man i talked to said i I thought we still should have addressed it because i was on a while to it was telling everybody yes i'll be back and he sounded enthusiastic my man said there was something inside of me that said you still got to work this now the fact that he's a reader of steel city insider and that that's been my stance ever since last year uh i don't know if he was just telling me things that he knew i would agree with but uh that's what was going on to it had everybody believing uh to a large degree that he was coming back mm-hmm. so the lack of um using a very high draft pick there could be explained in that way but it also can be explained in the fact that when you fall in love with a quarterback that's the most important position on in all of sports. So 100%. I can't argue, you know, myself, I probably wouldn't have picked Pickett, but if they, who are smarter, um love him, go with it. That's a quarterback. That's so important. And Pickens, I mean, you got, you can imagine how good he looks on the practice field. I don't even know that I need to go into much explanation. Big George. Right. Big George, man, you're all going to see him. <laughs> and you're going to say, how could anybody have passed on this guy? So even mm-hmm. if you needed a defensive lineman and nuke to it wasn't coming back, I don't know how you pass on Big George. Yeah. So in the third round, they got a guy that they really like. There's some question marks that we had about him being a hybrid, a little small. But he's already up to 300 pounds. He is six four, And uh, incredible work ethic. You know, you talk to all the other 12 Aggies on the team in the locker room. They'll tell you all about Marv. They call him Marv. They'll tell you all about Marv uh and his enthusiasm, how much he loves football. And I talked to him, and he's just a, a a beautiful guy to talk to, just enthusiastic, welcoming. And he did not dislike me, I could tell. Hmm. I think I'm gonna be in with Marv, man. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and he he really worked his way up. He was getting uh, you know, on the last um, the last day they're giving Hayward and uh Alu, Alu a lot of rest. And uh, I believe Loudermilk and Mondo started, but you'd see at the end of practice. Leal was getting some first-team reps ahead of other guys who have been here longer. And uh, Wormley was injured, too, throughout the entire minicamp. So, but Leal's stock did rise in the coach's eyes, or at least in his usage in yeah. in first-team.
0: Does that look like a uh, three-man rotation there with uh, Wormley, uh, Loudermilk, and Leal? opposite cam hayward is that what we're probably going to anticipate well,
1: you know we've got a lot of time and, and as you said the, when the pads come on is when you can truly gauge a defensive lineman so mm-hmm. right now let's just look at it seems the coaches uh were um uh rewarding leal and that's what often happens if they're appreciative of the hard work the attention to detail they will move a guy up during mini camp but really you know the pads got to come on and we got to you got to see him yeah. for real.
0: Yeah. Right. How about some of these other uh, draft picks here, like Mark Robinson, um, uh, Connor Hayward, any, anything that stood out?
1: Connor has got the sweetest hands. You just You just don't hear the ball hitting. It's just a whisper, not even a whisper. You just, just so sweet. I love sweet hands, man. So, <laughs> so he's got all that. And uh, he's just, you can imagine hes being a great, great guy because he's yeah. lockering next to cam <laughs> he made a great catch in a two-minute drill, one-handed catch. Everybody was just stunned. I, I can't even remember how it happened. All of a sudden he had the ball. It's like, how did that happen? He reached back with one hand and was going to the ground. And um you also saw him uh bodying up spillane and, and using like uh basketball players' uh knowledge of body uh to and was not really getting open but getting just enough space that he could make a catch you know he mm-hmm. he knows what he's doing with his body even though he's only 511 511 tight end yeah. and you know yeah. he he's going to probably going to be one of those um um uh, jet sweepers since mm-hmm. he can run the ball so off the wing he's going to be doing some of that there's a lot to like about him when he made that one-handed catch we all wanted to go to him in the locker room to talk to him and he's back there with Cam and Pickett in the locker room so after connor we all wanted to talk to Pickett because uh he was a he threw some good passes that day and cam was locked out of his locker so the leader of the team is waiting to get to his locker uh, as the mobs are talking to the kids right <laughs> and he had called that corner daycare <laughs> corner the other day <laughs> because he's with the kids back there and uh um we start asking connor about his catch and cam yells Tell them about your mistake. Tell him. Tell them. And Connor's like, yeah, well, I kind of celebrated a little bit instead of giving the ball to the ref. So I mean, the Chase Claypool fiasco is alive and well in that locker room. And, and <laughs> Cam is going to make sure that Connor has that part down right. But it's uh tell them about your mistakes is Cam's uh um uh you know go-to language down there in in, in kitty corner or whatever what do you call it daycare corner
0: Daycare Corner.
1: <laughs> it and,
0: uh, yeah yeah I'm I'm excited about Connor Hayward I think he's just a gamer and uh I'm glad to hear that you're seeing nice hands from him and that would be such a big win if he can contribute to such a later round draft pick so that's definitely exciting how about offensive line I know um The left guard position is apparently open for a battle between Kevin Dotson, Kendrick Green, hearing so much about James Daniels being a vocal leader there on the right side. Um, Sense of what you're seeing from the offensive line in terms of cohesiveness. Again, I keep prefacing it that this is football in shorts, but anything that you can extract from what you saw in practices?
1: You know, you can have a great week of practice but give up a sack to TJ Watt in late in the two minute drill. And it's all, you know, Mike Tomlin is shouting, "Chukes wrecked that drill, (laughs) you know, because we see the touchdown and and the three plays after what I can't even remember the play where TJ supposedly would have got a sack, but you can't hit the quarterback can't hit anybody in the spring. But TJ was, you know, he beat Chukes around the corner, as you might imagine. And, uh, would have had the sack and would have ruined a two minute drill. But we as reporters just saw the touchdown. Let's talk to Trubisky. Let's talk to Pickens. And, and so uh, Tomlin Tom set the ball down as the second team was coming on. He goes, that was a great drive, but let me remind you, Chukes wrecked that drill. So I talked to Chukes after, what was that about? He goes, he laughed. I said, "Are you mad at Coach?" He goes, "Whole oh, heck, no." You know, so Chooks is uh, not as uptight as he used to be. That could be a good sign. He's also getting schooled by TJ, and he will all camp <laughs> as he did last year. So <laughs> he has to help. Yeah. And and all I can say about Dan Moore is I really I think I found the left tackles throughout the years are great team spokesmen, to great guys to talk to. Very insightful. They're right in the middle of all the the hardcore labor and they're different, they're a different breed. And I talked to Dan Moore and wow, he's just another smart left tackle that um, I'm in with Dan Moore too. Yeah. So uh, I'm a big Dan Moore fan. You know, people were down on him, but it was a rookie year playing left tackle. There's a lot to learn as a rookie yeah. left tackle. So I look, I look for him to become a uh, 10, 12, 15 year starter in this league. Wow. And a, just an anchor over there. He's bigger. He seems bigger to me. And uh, it, it's so hard to gauge the offensive line and touch tackle drill, though. You mm-hmm. know. Yeah. yeah. Anything else, Jim, from camp that really
0: stood out? I know uh, hearing a lot about Brian Flores and the value that he's bringing to this team. That he's primarily coaching the inside backers. Uh, I know Devin Bush spoke to the media. Feels com- more confident in that knee. Anything else that? you think is worthy of the audience knowing about minicamp?
1: Well, you know, uh, the spring is always a time for passing and pass coverage, more so than – I'd love to tell you that Mark Robinson is a stud because he looks like one. But, (laughs) I mean, let's just watch one day of tackling before I say this kid can play inside (laughs) linebacker. And same with Devin. I mean, uh, Devin's going to – we're going to need to watch him in preseason – Miles Jack, how bad is his knee? Because the word is he takes every Wednesday off practice. And uh, I thought I spotted a hitch in his giddy up early, but um, no, he he looked okay. Uh, I think I just knocked myself out.
0: Uh, yeah, you just lost your video.
1: Uh, am I there, back? You there we go. Sorry, <laughs> sorry about that. So, uh, you know, Mark Robinson looks the part. You know, you know, maybe even a faster James Harrison type, of mm-hmm. course, James's game was power and yeah. it's, I can't compare that. I don't know about it and they play different positions, but that's kind of what he looks like out there. Just a, a well-built. It um, looks like he and Buddy Johnson, same way. Those, he's rocked up too. Those guys look like classic buck inside linebackers and that's what they need to, to stop the run. Really? Yeah, they, they need a ferocious run stopper, and then let the coaches deal with third down whether they're good enough to cover, and then then deal with that. But you got to stop the run on first and second down, or you never get the third.
0: Right. All right, Jim. I'm going to ask you this too. What is the if you look at this mini camp, what was the one thing you walked away saying? Wow, that's that's intriguing, or I'm I'm very very interested in that, or something that you think um, the listeners would find fascinating from this I mean, mini camp, big,
1: big George Pickens big
0: George.
1: I, I, I can't say anything else it's not like he made all these great catches but he made I mean he shows that uh, he shows athletic ability in, in drills and go up and, and pull one down and you, you're just seeing you're just seeing a potential superstar there not that he I mean he's he was diving by the end of camp And and I forgot to talk about Gunner. I think, did we talk about Gunner last time? Last episode, yeah. He's very intriguing. He's he's keeping uh, young um, Austin behind him in the shadows. Austin didn't show all that much. He had a day where he dropped two balls. I I don't know that, I don't think his hands are bad. It might be nerves and he is fast. But Gunner, you know, Gunner's been, this is his fourth camp. Gunner knows how to do this, and he's getting open all the time, and the quarterbacks are liking him in the back of the end zone. Uh, So Gunner, Pickett, the tight ends, Zach Gentry, I don't know if it's just because nobody's wearing pads, but he seems to be getting bigger and bigger every year. (laughs) Uh, And Friar Muth, you know, geez, he's just just a great player, and he's going to continue to be a great player. And um, Trubisky really has established a leadership tone and he's such a nice guy. Uh, so it's not phony leadership out there. He uh, Claypool dropped the TD pass on him. And later he went back to Claypool for the TD to end a two minute drill and ran up the Claypool in the end zone. And they were just so happy. And, you know, he's a leader. And he, going back to a guy who dropped the pass, that's a classic leader move. You know, Ben Ben always did that. But we can't take it for granted. He did it. And then he ran up and then he, he raved about him in the locker room to me after he's doing all the right things, yeah. all the right things. It's very exciting what Mitch Trubisky might be able to bring here.
0: That's exciting. Yeah. So Jim, let's, let's close with this. If you take all these practices, these spring practices, I know we're on break now until July 26th. You look at the Steelers team, what is one word that would encapsulate the the, the character or the essence or the spirit of this 2022 sealer squad as of what is today, June 11th?
1: Well, I mean, I should use more than one word. And I don't know if, if this word will encapsulate all of what you're asking, but underdog. And, and so to add a few more words around that enthusiastic <laughs> underdog, enthusiastic underdog, where they're looking around and no one believes in them, but they in their heart believe we're going to surprise some people. That's the tenor. Now it may not actually happen because there's a lot of question marks. But and I think it, it all comes around Trubisky and a nice draft class and the um, the new assistant coaches who were determined to pull that defense together. And they're getting tired of the run defense questions already. And I'm not going to stop. Trust me, I'm going to keep pounding them on the run defense until we get some answers. Besides, we've had conversations. That's not enough. And they know it, but they're not going to tell us their plans right now. So it's, it's a whole different approach than last year when they still made the playoffs. So this team seems to be better, but nobody believes they can make the playoffs. Even I had them going eight and nine, I believe when the schedule came out. So there's that, uh, that optimism that's deep down that you're not bragging because you really don't have a right to brag, but you have the the sense of being a strong underdog and that's fun. Those are fun years to cover, to play, to watch all of that. And so, yeah. and you can get it all here at Steel City Insider hey. at a reduced rate until Monday night.
0: <laughs> hey, we were talking, we, you know, we're, we're not doing the 5 AMs anymore, but once the season rolls around, you know, after, after the games, we'll be, we'll be getting after it. And I can't wait. And I hope, uh, I'm excited. I know that. And yeah. we got to wait like 40 some days before training camp. This is going to be tough.
1: Oh, I'm going to struggle. Enjoy your 40 days, <sighs> Trust me. You know, you have three children and you've been missing them uh, uh, all they're doing because of your principal at school. Now's the time to do all that stuff. That 40 days will go like that. Trust me. Yeah. And then you'll be at camp and you'll be like, wow, how did I get here? Is this heaven? Am I <laughs> in heaven? And I'll say, no, it's like Road." <laughs>
0: And, and I will be in La Trobe and hopefully Jim, you and I can uh, connect there. Maybe we could do a show from St. Vincent's. That would be really cool.
1: On top of the hill overlooking the field. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's not Iowa and the field of dreams, but it's football's version. It really is. Can't really. I'll show you, I'll show you Friday night lights how the, the city of La Trobe comes out and cheers on the bus. Like, you know, they don't know it's the media bus. They put players in there. Hey! Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And then they see it's the media and then they start giving you the whatever, you know, the middle finger and stuff. But, uh, but, and then the fireworks go off over the Basilica and you think you're in Disney. You wow. think you're in Disney World. It's just, it's the field of football dreams. It's the nexus of the NFL football universe. It's fantastic and, and you're going to love it.
0: I'm going to be out there for probably three three or four days, so I, uh, I'm i looking forward to it. And uh, this was a fun episode.
1: Well, you know, I've got 40 days off, so I'm in a really good mood. I know you all want football back. <laughs> Give me a break. But No, I have a tape recorder full of great information that I'm going to be writing for the next 40 days. So, yeah.
0: Right. Well, that does it for episode number thirty-one. Remember, Jim said that what is it? Sixty percent off right now for a subscription. Sixty percent off through Monday night
1: for a full year. Yeah.
0: Sixty percent off to so sign up. Great Father's Day gift next weekend's Father's Day. We appreciate you being viewers and listeners of the Still City Insider podcast. We'll probably be back in two weeks with another episode. We'll let you know. Uh, you can check out Jim's work at the Still City Insider. And also give him a follow on Twitter at Jim Wexel. You can check out my work at thestillstudy.com and give me a follow at Still Study. And we will see you back here for episode number 32 of the Still City Insider Podcast. Thanks, everyone.